Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. We've got Tim, Rob, and myself, Andrew. And today we're talking about, as a product owner or manager, how do we stay abreast to new trends or new themes or really just new technologies that can impact how we really run our, our team as well as uh, be aware of what's out there so that we can be best adapted to the changing uh, dynamics in, um, in today's world. And so we're each going to talk about a few of the sites or new sources that we leverage, uh, to help us be successful in this regard. And so I'm going to kick it off and really just talk about two places that are beneficial, uh, from my standpoint. And the first is Hacker News. Um, it's a website where it is a little bit more development focused, but especially given the lens of, of product, I think you need to really be aware of what are your development team, what are they looking at or what are they aware of? Um, but you can also leverage this uh, as a way to have some interesting water cooler chat talk with uh, some of your development team to really further that uh, working relationship. Um, so it, it's a great site. I'd highly recommend it. And from a, a, a UX standpoint, it's, it's cool because it has a daily list where everything is in essence organized based off of um, how well it's being received from the, the audience. Uh, and so I like to start my day by kind of checking that off, um, see what's trending, if you will. Um, but super helpful. Um, and, and the second is really similar, but it has a more clean or clear focus on product. And that website is, um, that website is, bear with me one moment, is uh, producthunt.com. Um, and it's similar to Hacker News, but it just has a, a much cleaner focus on product. And this is a great way to become aware of new uh, brainstorming uh, websites or tools that are coming out. And it has that crowdsourced approach where uh, it's really interesting because you can see what everyone else in the community is finding valuable. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll pause there because I know I've went on for a bit, but uh, Rob or Tim, any of you guys want to share what you use? Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> so I'm sure Tim, uh, first of all, great intro. I'm sure Tim is going to have some really great insights. So I'll stick to the really boring stuff for a second. Um, I think that one of the key places where you can hear about what's important in your area or your industry is literally just to go to your top competitors on a regular basis, um, at least once a quarter, understand what they're putting on their website, um, any company worth its salt is going to have an investor tag, right? Go there, listen to their investor calls, look at their investor day presentations, understand what they're talking about in the industry. Because when you hear CFOs and CEOs talk about the tech stack and where it is that they're trying to go in the context of the greater organizational goals, you get a sense of what's real and what's not, Right. Oftentimes, what an individual department or CTO or CIO, depending on the size of the company, says is great, but 
it really does need to match the, the company vision as we were kind of talking about last week. Um, I use a couple different sites to, to stay abreast of what's going on. Um, I'll just really quickly highlight three. First of all, LinkedIn is a great spot to hear about what people are excited about, especially if you've got an opportunity to kind of network with anybody in, the, in that firm or in that organization. Um, you can very easily dive into a good conversation about what's going on in their tech stack, how it is that it fits in with their way they're serving their customer, et cetera. But, you know, also, you know, there's some really interesting folks um, at, you know, larger corporations who are really happy about talking about their tech roadmaps, right? So it's a, a more personal way to kind of match the jobs that they have out, out in, the, in place and the tech and the people, right, in sort of a real way. I personally go to Hacker Noon, that's N as in Nancy, O as in Oscar, O as in Oscar, N as in Nancy, um, because it's kind of like a medium, except for for some more conversations around technology. Um, there's um, a one another site that I've been going to for a long time. Um, it's called Ars Technica, A-R-S, uh, then Technica, um, which uh, talks about larger technology trends. Um, and then last but not least, I, I think that just medium, plain old medium itself um, is an interesting spot to go to, especially if you've got the right filters and the right people um, to hear about things like, um, I'll throw a plug out there for a gentleman named Noble Ackerson, um, who turned me on to Hacker Noon, actually. Um, and Noble likes to talk about privacy as a product, right? And what would need to be in place for that, right? So through following one of my friends in a class that I was taking, I found Noble and all of a sudden I'm getting these insights into, you know, the right to be forgotten in Europe, et cetera. Now some things like that can influence product. So um, almost anywhere is the short answer, but I think I gave a couple examples that hopefully might be helpful. That's awesome. Shout out to LinkedIn. I, I do like LinkedIn, but I am, I am cognizant of the internal promotional, uh, like, your company makes you promote your company's thing uh, influence on all of the LinkedIn feeds, but shout out to LinkedIn. I loved it. That's how I got my two most recent jobs. I, you know, I think I'm going to have to look up all of these sites because I haven't seen or gone to either of them. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think I do a very good job looking at the marketplace and looking at the competitors today to see what all is out there. I end up spending a lot of my time researching product stuff like product skills, publications, career related things to stay to keep my product skills sharp. And for those, I love to listen to this is product management podcast. I love, love, love those podcasts. Even the LinkedIn, I guess, Hello Monday podcasts are very interesting to me. I always pick up really good things from that one um, in terms of uh, other sites you know <laughs> i've actually felt like getting a new job gave me the most insight into just you know product skills new tech new like industries and new things i i think getting a new job <laughs> that's my that's my way of finding out more information very very quickly and this year taking these online courses they're not online right they're they're zoom courses they're virtual and i've met great people like Rob and Andrew, and we're just knowledge sharing. And that's the most relevant information to me. I think the usual, you know, 
Roman Pitchler is a great resource to kind of learn more about product things. So I utilize kind of all those things. Um, in terms of actually uh, learning about the industry and learning about what's going on in the marketplace, I don't really have many at all. Almost everything that I'm picking up is from work or maybe I'm listening to a podcast and they mention something, I look it up. For example, you know, Rob was talking about privacy as a product. Uh, in my old job, we had to manage CCPA, that uh, California's version of right to be forgotten. And that actually, if you're not already thinking about that, I think if you're at a B2C company and you're not already worried about CCPA and figuring out how to build in the right to be forgotten on your, on your platform, I, I think it's time. Um, mm-hmm. But those, those are some of those things that, you know, try to, I'm always trying to stay sharp. These conversations that we have on these podcasts, I think help me stay sharp too. So uh, lots of good things. I, I just added three or four new sources. Thanks to uh, Robin Andrews. So mm-hmm. thank you guys. Of course. Um, no, this was, this is great. And I, I, I wanted to jump in just quick on something that Rob was talking about, which I think really goes under the radar is especially if the company you're, concerned or you want to research more on every quarter because it's a public company they're required to to publicize their earnings but also uh management's forward-looking statements and something that is is really pure gold is diving into those k1 filings and reading i just do a control find for manager and it, it actually breaks down management's concerns of what's going to impact the business as well as what the key risks are for them. So as a product manager, you can sort of use that as an additional Northern star for how to orient yourself of like what's actually important or what's, what's really important for this company right now, even though maybe your product doesn't specifically tie to it, you can, you can kind of be a part of the overall mission in in a little bit cleaner of a way and really have a finger on to that, what the C-suite is concerned of. So, Andrew, are you saying that you're going to use those filings and you really want to see directionally where the company is going from a product perspective that gives you a head start on what they're thinking about and maybe what you need to start thinking about as well and improving your product in, in, in ways that could be driven by the competitors? Is that kind of what you're saying? That it, It's more of just really absorbing as much information. And I think to Rob and, and both of your points, it's it's being aware of the landscape. And let's say you're working at Apple and you might want to be concerned of, okay, what is Microsoft doing? And what are their key risks? And I think that can fall into a trap though, of like, oh, I'm always focused on what the competitor is doing because I think the golden rule of product and you guys correct me if, if you think differently, but are you actually adding value or providing the best experience for the end user? Um, and if you're focused on your com- competition, I think that's what really has impacted Microsoft negatively in the past, where they've been so focused on Apple, but Apple's trying to focus on their customer and help create the whatever content creator to have the best experience um, versus worrying about what Microsoft's doing. So it's a double-edged sword, but in a long-winded way, um, use the available information. So use what your company is actually saying to investors as like, this is what our key concern is, um, or even other competitors that are doing really well. Um, just, just take a look at that. It's a really good way to get a, uh, 
insight into what actually is concerning that said industry. Yeah, to, and if you don't mind, I'll just toss in a practical uh, practical application there, right? So, let's say, for instance, you're looking at um, at a company and either an investor day. And what I like to do is I like to look at business units, right? Because they usually put together a presentation, right? So, mm-hmm. I like to look at whatever part of the business I'm I'm looking at, plus whatever's going up or down or what have you, right? Just to get an, a sense of what's going on. If you go into those concerns, and one of those concerns is, for instance, infrastructure costs. Right. How are they solving that problem? Right. And not only what are they just saying in that in that conversation, but also if you go to CIO.com, which has a lot of different articles from a CIO perspective, at least in theory, how are people in the industry solving for infrastructure infrastructure costs? Okay, great. Well, you know, there's a lot of information around scalability from an application or or, uh, infrastructure perspective, Um, a lot of focus on. various different cloud solutions. We all know the cloud means just someone else's data center. How do you maintain all the things that we're talking about, privacy, et cetera, in the scale and scope of that? But you've got, and I'm agreeing with you, by the way, uh, Andrew. Oh, yes. No, I, I, I love this. <laughs> um, walking through, like, and you've got your high level. These are the three things that I want to take away from that, right? Number one, some of the competition or other people in the industry are concerned about infrastructure costs. Two, they're leveraging, you know, uh, cloud or, or other data center and scalability sort of solutions, both in the software and, and, and physical side in order to work through that. Number three, um, does this impact the customer maybe, right? Or how does this impact our customer, right? And then, you know, your, your 15, 20 minutes of reading or hour of research or whatever can just be something that you tag onto your personal roadmap. And then as you're looking through things, just like when your, your software development teams come to you and say, you know, here's my concern, you can just kind of walk through your own waterfall and say, am I increasing or decreasing infrastructure costs, mm-hmm. right? And, and let that be some of your, your guiding light across how it is that you're developing X, Y, and Z, right? Because I think that one of the other pieces that we'd like to talk about, uh, sorry, that I'd like to talk about in the future um, conversation is around technical debt and other non-functional requirements, mm-hmm. specifically as it relates to you know total cost path on to the to the end user. Um, but that's how I would personally probably think about some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll get off and the we can box throw now. that we can throw that on the backlog, uh, and I love that. And one, I, I just I have to say this because my entrepreneurial spidey sense is like screaming at me. And, and let's also remember when you're doing this analysis of what everyone else is doing, what you're doing. Um, you may think of a new opportunity set where it's like, okay, I'm going to put my entrepreneurial hat on and maybe I'm going to be a pioneer or I'm going to create something that I know the customer, which I became intimate with needs and sort of be that second, third derivative ahead of where things are. And so just all positives. I love that perspective, Rob. I think that's the perfect segue for me because I can tie up both of your statements up in a bow. Rob talked about um, infrastructure and then Andrew mentioned staying ahead of your competitors. I think in terms of infrastructure, if you see that your competitor is using Snowflake, get ready because I don't know if you've heard of Snowflake. They're basically, they're, they're cloud computing and they're cloud data. But if your competitor is using Snowflake and you're not, your competitor is likely working faster than you because Snowflake has some very unique capabilities where if you're doing database work, 
it doesn't slow you down. You have no resource limitations when you're on, when you're on the Snowflake product. So uh, that's one thing to look out for in the market and in the industry. You know, anyone using Snowflake, they're probably working faster than you. So that's a um, little, little nugget of information there that I'm learning from the field. <laughs> I love that. Um, it's great, right? Be aware of what's working. Be aware of what isn't. And try to just envision what's going to be valued by the customer, but also the market or the industry. Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll drop one yeah. final one out there too. Is the, mm -hmm. thanks to thanks to you, Andrew. Right, stocks are also like just checking the the, the news on what's going on in the market. Right. Um, there's a, a company that I won't mention right now. Right. That's that's, that's based on you know customer data. Right, that, that people are talking about right now. If you're not familiar with a term or a topic, it's worth the two minutes to Google. Right, always Google. I will, <laughs> I, will Google. I will say that. Right, like if you're hearing about industry trends, even whether it's your industry or not, and a lot of times you can kind of hear them um, around where it is that that's going. I think, especially as we look at our TLDR, right, you know, what I've heard a lot about is around continuous learning and development. And, and I think you hit it spot on. Mm -hmm. And I do a little trick too, where I, I make an Excel for my daily notes. And um, one of the sections I have is, what are the things I don't know that people have talked about today? That and is so I love amazing. That. Great. You, you make a Excel. I can, can, as, a, as a data nerd, the hearing that you made Excel just, just made me happy and made my day. You use Excel every single day. Are you serious? That's excellent. I tab it out every day. It's a little bit of overkill, but as you guys know, I'm in a new position. So I really want to have that ability to kind of revert back to a prior day um, or even organize the thoughts of what don't I know? Cause there's a lot of that. <laughs> hey, I highly recommend Trello as well. If you ever get bored of Excel, Trello and, and their Kanban style board is lovely. Love it. Well, this was, this was, what we had planned for our talk today. Um, I think it's great that we were able to throw another theme onto our backlog for future podcasts. Uh, thank you, Rob. And uh, we really hope that everyone has found this talk beneficial and can leverage some of these resources that, uh, that we use in our, on our day-to-day -day and um, for guiding how we're thinking of um, prioritizing and um, ultimately making the best product that we can. Perfect. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jens. Have a great day.